Welcome to another episode of Search News You Can Use with me, Dr. Marie Haynes. This episode is being recorded on Wednesday, April 8th of 2020. It corresponds with our newsletter episode number 127 of Search News You Can Use. You can find that at mariehaines.com newsletter. Um, we're going to talk in this episode about what we're seeing in terms of the search results with the effects of coronavirus on those search results. Um, a lot of sites are seeing very strange traffic patterns, and it's been really challenging for us to look at these patterns because in some cases we're seeing things that look typical of what we see at times of a major Google update, uh, but we don't think that Google has pushed out major updates. I'm actually in the process right now of sort of fleshing out a theory that we have on uh, what Google's doing in terms of YMYL websites. Uh, I want to talk about a couple of dates that we think something has happened. And then I'm just very briefly going to talk about what I think is happening. If you're a premium subscriber of our newsletter, uh, it's $18 a month. Um, you can read our early thoughts. I'll go into greater detail for newsletter subscribers in newsletter. And then probably next week, I'll uh, expand on this more thoroughly if it seems like this theory flushes out. Um, but what we're looking at here is two particular dates in which it seems like there were massive changes in search traffic patterns. One of them is March 10th or 11th, and the other one is March 23rd. Um, March 10th, we think is not a Google update. Even though we look at, uh, you know, when we look at the data, it kind of looks typical to what we would see during an update. Um, but March 10th was the day in which the World Health Organization uh, declared coronavirus a global pandemic. Uh, and a lot of things changed in the world. It was at this time that Trump stopped travel from Europe. Uh, and it was at the same time that the NBA canceled their season. And uh, well, I think at that time they had postponed it. And I remember thinking, like, do you remember where you were when you heard that news? It seems like it was years ago. It was just a few weeks ago. I remember thinking, oh my goodness, are other sports going to do this? Is hockey going to be canceled? This is the first year in a long time that I feel like the Leafs had like a decent chance at making a playoff run um, and going more than one series in the playoffs. Uh, I, I didn't expect we were going to win the cup. But I was really looking forward to this playoff run. Um, and so that's very disappointing that uh, who knows what the NHL is going to do. Maybe they'll find a way to do playoffs. But uh, watch, the Leafs will win this year if they do that. They'll, they'll redo playoffs. The Leafs will win and we'll be like, yay, we have a Stanley Cup. And everybody will say, yeah, but that was during coronavirus. It wasn't even a full season. I don't know. I'm digressing here. Um, the point I'm trying to make here is March 10th. The entire world changed their habits, not just their search traffic habits, but, you know, how often they went to the grocery store, how often they visited any business. Um, and that's drastically going to change what you see in search. So if you're looking at your analytics and you're like, what happened on March 10th or March 11th? Because things just kind of went downhill from there. It's probably nothing you can fix. It's, it's coronavirus. The next date, though, is March 23rd. And again, I'm not going to go into great detail here because we only just started looking at this yesterday. My team and I have had major discussions on just sort of we're in the brainstorming phase of what we think Google's doing here. Um, we think that Google, though, changed something in regards to YMYL. 
If you're a, a premium subscriber of the newsletter, I've actually written our early thoughts in newsletter for you. Uh, again, episode number 127. And you can find that. If you're not a subscriber, you can um, sign up mariehaines.com slash newsletter. And you can see, um, at this point, you can see all the past newsletters that we've ever written. So uh, this would be a good time to sign up because uh, this is a really interesting theory. Um, it's based on... Uh, something that's in Google's document about how they fight disinformation uh, and talks about how in times of crisis they can uh, make some changes in regards to YMYL. Uh, and so if you're seeing really wacky changes in keyword rankings, um, because keyword rankings really shouldn't change dramatically uh, just because fewer people are searching, uh, although I mean they, they can a little bit, but what we're seeing on March 23rd, we think is connected to uh, some changes in how Google looks at YMYL stuff. Um, again, I'm gonna have more details in a newsletter on that. And also probably next week, I'll go into greater detail about what we think is happening. I just think uh, right now there's so much theory that I'd rather um, get some more data behind it before we start making uh, this theory public. But let's talk a little bit about uh, what others are seeing in terms of the impact of this virus on their traffic this week. For the last uh, four weeks, I think now, I've been running a Twitter poll uh, just to ask people, compared to the previous week, are your clients tending to see declines in traffic, improvements in traffic, uh, not much change or something else? And this week, 40% of you replied saying that there were declines. Um, although we were encouraged to see that close to 30% of you said that uh, things were improving. Um, we've put in newsletter, uh, and this is available for everybody to see, uh, a little chart that sort of tracks this over time. And it will be interesting to see uh, when this shifts. I think that we could probably um, uh, see what's happening with the world in terms of are we still social distancing? Are we still uh, you know, staying in our houses? Um, uh, and when that starts to change, we'll probably see that more uh, businesses are seeing improvements. Um, so I was encouraged to see that some of you are starting to see improvements. I think what happened is for the last two weeks, uh, maybe a little bit longer, the world's been in such a state of shock that nobody knows what's happening. Um, we've had people who said, look, we want to do a site review, but there's so much uncertainty, let's just hold off for a little bit. And then uh, this last week, a few of those clients have said, all right, let's go ahead. Uh, and I think that that's a common trend as businesses are trying to figure out where should I spend my money? Should I be holding on to my money? Are we even going to be around <laughs> in a few months? Um, and now as we're sort of getting a new normal way of life, uh, things are changing and some businesses are starting to spend more money, which means that other uh, websites are going to start to see more traffic. Um, we have some really interesting stuff. There was a tweet in newsletter uh, from Pio Keffer, uh, who was talking about U.S. consumer spending by category and how it compares to the previous year. And some things are really obvious, like airlines, uh, you know, they're down... Uh, <laughs> Okay, down 102%. I'm not sure 
how that works, but they're down a lot. <laughs> um, and, you know, grocery spend is apparently down, is up 19%. Uh, very interesting things like this. So I would encourage you to look at this chart uh, along with Google Trends information. If you're trying to do keyword research for your clients and you're trying to figure out like what kind of content should we be working on right now, um, this type of information can be really, really helpful. I also found it very interesting. Uh, there was a tweet by Morty Oberstein uh, that showed the difference in um, keyword rankings for, uh, what was the phrase now? It was something about, oh, disinfection services. So if you think prior to um, March, maybe February, disinfection services would be a query that not a lot of people search for. Um, I don't know what the search volume is, but it wasn't uh, you know a massive medical topic. It was just something that businesses did, probably classified as uh, cleaning, sanitation, things like that. Now, disinfection services, uh, I think a lot of the time Google's got to figure out, are they really looking for the same sites that they were looking for a month ago? Most people searching for disinfection services have concerns about uh, the virus. And so this is a medical topic now, and it becomes much more stringent, much more important for Google to return results that are uh, not going to hurt people. So one of the things that Morty noticed is that the keyword rankings for this uh, phrase went wild uh, with fluctuations over the last couple of weeks. And this can be expected for many, many search terms. So if your keyword rankings are all over the place, it's probably Google trying to figure out um, you know, what's relevant to people now that we have a new normal in our lives. Uh, I think I'm going to move on from coronavirus news there. We may touch on a couple of things later on in this episode, but uh, let's move on because we've got some really interesting stuff to, to talk about. Um, John Mueller did a, a, a Q&A session at VirtuaCon on Friday and uh, the MHC Twitter account. Some, some of you don't know that the MHC Twitter account is run by my team. Uh, I know some people um, think that I'm running it all and, uh, and then they'll, <laughs> sometimes I'll reply to the MHC Twitter account and it looks like I'm talking to myself. Uh, so if you just want to reach out to my team or you just, you don't want to see my tweets about, you know, my personal life or whatever, you know, movie I watched or something dumb that happened in my life and you just want the Google announcements, the MHC, I think it's MHC underscore Inc. Uh, is the Twitter account to follow. Um, and I, you know, this is probably a good place to talk about the fact that uh, we had a bit of an April Fool's joke in our newsletter last week. Um, and we debated on doing this because, I mean, so much of the world is struggling right now. It's not the time to be doing April Fool's. We, we didn't do April Fool's at my house. Uh, we normally uh, play a lot of jokes on our kids. Um, but uh, we didn't do that this year. But I, my team said, should we put an April Fool's in the newsletter? And I jokingly said, yeah, we should tell everybody I'm leaving SEO to become a pro gamer. Well, <laughs> so my team did that. They did it with my permission, though, uh, and put a thing in newsletter saying, I'm leaving the industry. I've been picked up by a major gaming label, and uh, I'm going to play Fortnite now um, under the uh, my, my tag and <laughs> my gaming tag is muahahaha. Um, and so, yes, apparently I'm a pro gamer now. That's completely false, uh, completely false news. And so if any of you actually believed that I was leaving the industry uh, to become a pro gamer, I'm very sorry. I'm not doing that. Who knows? Maybe. Maybe my Fortnite skills will improve and uh, 
I'll find it more interesting to um, uh, create YouTube content or, or something than SEO, but that's not happening just yet. Uh, so coming back to what I was talking about before, um, the MHC Twitter account live tweeted John Mueller at VirtuaCon. And uh, I'm just going to cover some of the information here. We've got more in newsletter as well. Uh, one of the questions to John was, is there a hesitancy within Google to push a button which will do a daily core update given what's going on. I think what we're saying is, Google, do you are you stopping core updates in the midst of all of this panic? And John's answer was, I don't think so. I don't see that happening because core updates are used to improve the quality of search results. And if we can't do that, if we can do that, we shouldn't hold back on that. I do not think that Google has released a major core update. We do think that they've made some changes in regards to what's considered YMYL, which again, I'm going to get into more details in next week. But, um, you know, I don't think that Google is going to do something, you know, on the scale of the medic update or even the January 2020 core update. Uh, I think that would be unlikely uh, because Google's got to test the effects of what they roll out as well, right? So um, this, you know, they've got all of their staff working remotely, and I think this is probably not the time for them to push out something big. But if they have something that they're recognizing as a problem, so for example, uh, if sites are ranking that are recommending some crazy out there homeopathic cure for coronavirus that could potentially hurt people, um, and Google's algorithms aren't stopping that from happening, then yes, they're going to push out changes to make that kind of thing not happen. So I think that makes sense to me. I thought this was interesting. In your opinion, this is again from VirtuaCon. In your opinion, what has been the bigger change you've seen in how people have been interacting with the web? Um, I don't think this is in regards to coronavirus. I think this is just in general. How do people, has anything changed in how people are interacting with the web these days? So John said mobile was the obvious change. Um, and he said changes with the new generation of users search. Uh, oh, new generation of users, they search very differently. They'll go to Google and ask a full question. We do keyword one and two and add another if it doesn't work. The younger generation will get older and a shift will happen in search. This I thought was really interesting. Last night, I had a conversation with my daughter. My daughter's 12, and we have a, a system where um, she has a certain amount of her money that she's saved up or birthday money or allowance and stuff, and a certain amount of it she's allowed to spend on video game purchases. Uh, so if she's playing Fortnite, she can spend it on uh, V-Bucks. Um, the thing is that V-Bucks are calculated in U.S. dollars, and uh, we're in Canada. And so if she, uh, you know, has a $10 purchase or I'm saying 10 for the sake of uh, easiness, but because uh, they don't do a $10 purchase, but let's say she had a $10 uh, credit that she wanted to buy. I was showing her how to do a search on Google for this. And I searched for convert 10 USD to CAD, convert 10 US dollars to Canadian dollars. And that provided me with an answer box uh, that told me how much it was. It's probably uh, $14 or something like that now. It's a, The U.S. exchange rate is uh, very high right now. Last I checked, it was $1.42, which is uh, it's good for those of us who get paid in U.S. dollars, but not good for others. Anyways, that's how I would do the search. She, I, But first I asked her to do the search. And she said, she picked up her phone and she said, how much is $10 in U.S. money when converted to Canadian dollars? 
and she didn't get an answer box. Now, she got a, a featured snippet from a financial website, which gave her the answer. Um, but if she was looking for, uh, and I think for Fortnite, like the lowest number that you can purchase on the video game is $13.29. There's probably no website that has the exact answer for what a conversion of $13.29 from US to Canadian is. Um, so she really wants to see the answer box. So should she learn how to search like we used to search? Um, or should Google change and Bing and all, you know, other search engines change to adapt so that they can understand her long query as opposed to the short one? And I think that's part of what Bert is doing. I think we're very early in those days, is, days but I, I thought that was really, really interesting. Um, moving on, uh, Google released a guide on uh, what to do if you're struggling to keep up with a higher load of traffic. I know most of us would really like to have this issue. Um, some websites, you know, let's say you're um, a neighborhood association and you've got information particular to your neighborhood on coronavirus and, you know, you used to get five visitors to your website a day and now you're getting 500 a day, uh, that can affect your traffic. Um, I think this is more an issue for people who are getting millions of visitors when they're not used to it. So Google's got, uh, we've linked to it in newsletter, but Google has a guide now on some things that you can be doing uh, to help keep up with a higher load of traffic. Um, there's also stuff in newsletter about uh, using JavaScript to generate structured data. So that's something I'd encourage you to, uh, to look at as well. Um, there's a new way for sites to highlight COVID-19 announcements in Google search. Uh, and so it's special structured data that is um, special announcement, basically. Uh, so if that applies to you, I would encourage you to, uh, uh, to look that up. There's apparently... If, you're, if it's difficult for you to implement structured data, because I know, especially small organizations, you don't want to have to contact your dev and, like, you know, to figure out what the, the code is to put in. And um, it's very easy to add structured data, but there are some uh, websites that are using systems that just uh, don't allow it to happen easily. So if it's difficult for you to uh, add the code or, you know, um, add a WordPress plugin, WordPress plugin or something like that, then um, there is apparently a way that you can do that through Search Console. So I have not tried that myself, but I'd recommend checking it out if you're struggling in that area. Interesting news uh, regarding same-site cookie labeling. Now, I have to be honest here. This is an area I do not feel like I know a lot about. So um, the important news to know is, uh, let's talk about same-site cookies. Uh, I think most of us know what cookies are. If I go to a website and I get, you know, here's what's new on this message, and then I close the message, and then the next time I go to the website, I don't see the what's new label. That's because there's a cookie on my computer now that says, oh, yeah, yeah, she's been to this page before or this website before. We don't need to be showing her uh, this message every single time. Um, you, uh, There's some challenges here with sites that use this on third-party sites. And from what I understand, this is a real issue for advertising networks. Uh, you know, if you've gone to a website, and this happens for us when we're doing link audits, you know, we'll do a link audit and we'll end up on some kind of sketchy websites. And if those websites have cookies, then our ads will be targeted uh, towards those cookies. And so sometimes we see ads for things that potentially are not in our uh, area of interest. 
Um, and so these third-party cookies are, they can be a concern for many security reasons. I'm not going to go into all the details. Um, but uh, Jamie Alberico had a tweet saying, uh, let's see, she shared with us the Chromium blog. In light of the extraordinary global circumstances due to COVID-19, we are temporarily rolling back the enforcement of sane site cookie labeling starting today. So uh, I think some of you know that that applies to you. Um, it's more an issue probably for people doing ad tracking, but uh, that's important um, that Chrome is not going to enforce uh, the restrictions that they had um, on these same site cookies uh, until uh, I don't believe that they've send, said when it's going to actually go into effect, but uh, not just yet because of all that's happening in the world. And I think that's a really good move. I, as much as I want to um, move towards better security, uh, I'm just thinking of um, how much hassle that could cause uh, for a lot of people. So it's best to wait on that just for now. Um, I wanted to tell everybody that we have a new post on our website. I think as I'm recording this, it's just in the process of getting published. Uh, that is a coronavirus resource page for SEOs. So when we talk about what's changed in Google My Business, uh, how to pause your business online, how to add a coronavirus schema, so that you don't have to go back through all of our newsletter episodes, all of that important information will be on our website. Um, it should be fairly easy to find. If not, it's linked to from within newsletter. Uh, this was interesting. Um, apparently, some people are seeing featured snippets appear really low down the page. Um, so if you're featured, usually a featured snippet is the first result on a page. And uh, Brian uh, Frieselben uh, actually tweeted a picture where it's the third result on the page. Uh, so I don't know if that's a common thing. I feel like this could be a test. That's Google that Google's doing. But if you're noticing that your featured snippets are no longer ranking well, then this could be why. You know, I, I don't monitor a lot of our featured snippets, but one that I keep looking at just because I can remember <laughs> what it looked like before um, is uh, our results for if you search on Google US for EAT and SEO. Um, and so we have a post all about EAT. And uh, I think we were ranking like two or three for that. And SEMrush had the featured snippet. And the featured snippet for ages was on the right-hand side. Um, and they actually held, I think, like number five organic. So then Google moved all the right-hand side featured snippets to the main search results. And what happened was SEMrush had what we call position zero. Uh, maybe it's position one now. But they had the first result with the featured snippet. And we were one or two below that. And when I searched for that today, uh, there is no featured snippet. And we're number one. Um, you know, I, I don't know what Google's doing there. It's possible we had some new links to the page and stuff. but. Just know that there's changes in the featured snippet layouts. Uh, and so this is something that uh, I do believe Google is changing. So if that's important to your daily uh, workflow, then please know that. Um, another test that people have been seeing is with review stars. Uh, Barry Schwartz reported that they're, uh, they're seeing some tests where the review stars are in a different position. Um, I'm talking about when you add review schema to your website and see stars in the search results. Um, now they're appearing in a different place and then also they're a different color. They used to be orange and now they're yellow. Um, so if you're noticing that, that's probably a Google test as well. Um, 
there's been more discussion on whether content behind tabs is given less weight. <sighs> I'm sighing here because I feel like I've covered this many times. John Mueller came out again and said, uh, no, that's not the case with mobile first indexing. He said specifically, when it comes to content on mobile pages, we do take into account anything that's in the HTML. So there's something there that might be visible to users at some point. Uh, we'll include that in the indexing, so that's completely normal. Um, and then there was a Search Engine Journal article uh, that talked about this, and I thought it was very ironic because the article said, well, there's been some studies that say this is not always the case, but we're not going to link to those studies. Um, and they didn't link to the studies, and they also didn't link to the uh, actual help hangout where John made the quote. So I don't know, um, you know, how much is... is I, I stopped reading <laughs> the Search Engine Journal article, uh, but... Um, the point that I'm trying to make here is that there have been studies, and uh, there was one done by Dejan SEO. It was late 2018. Uh, now, they only looked at three websites, though, but what they did was they had content that they published on each of these three websites, the same type of content. And on two of the websites, the content was hidden either in an accordion or behind a tab. It was still in the HTML. It wasn't like a crazy JavaScript thing where Google couldn't see it. It was still visible. And in every case, the site that um, ranked best out of those three websites was the one where the content was not hidden. Now, it's a small-scale test. Uh, there's been other things. I, I think I linked to another one in newsletter. Um, that sort of hint that uh, it's not completely equal when you have content hidden behind tabs. I feel like what John said was, yeah, Google can find that information, and if it's important, then you know people will be able to find it too. But I do think it's possible that it's given a little bit less weight. This is one of those areas where I'm not sure if what Google's saying is exactly what is happening in real life. Um, I would really encourage you to do some tests on this if you have this type of content. Uh, I've put in some of my uh, put in what's put in I've put some of my thoughts in a newsletter on how you can run these tests, so you can check that out later. Um, let's see what else we can talk about here. We talked last week about Amazon potentially suspending their affiliate programs. This seems to be a thing in India where, uh, in India, it's been deemed that no store can sell anything unless it's an essential product. Um, and so Amazon stopped, or they asked their affiliates to stop, stop sending traffic uh, because they're really struggling, I think, to keep up with just the demand right now. Um, it turns out that Amazon and Walmart apparently have ended affiliate marketing programs with some of their media partners like Vox and BuzzFeed and Vice. Um, and from what we can see, it sounds like uh, the reason for this is because those partnerships included a guaranteed minimum level of payment regardless of the traffic generated. And the thing is that, you know, if nobody's buying... I can't think of an example, but there's products that nobody's buying right now. Um, then, uh, you know, why would Amazon guarantee a minimum for that? So I'm, I'm just including this in newsletter because I think um, some of you listening to this rely on Amazon uh, as an affiliate revenue that is a main part of your how you make money. And you need to be keeping an eye on this. I, I don't think there's much you can do about it, but uh, other than maybe look at other sources of revenue because it's possible that this could happen in the rest of the world as well. Um, 
Let's see what else we can do here. There was a very interesting article on search engine land uh, about a lawsuit. Um, the website found them. I feel like I've talked about this before, and it's a very old lawsuit. It's been going on for years now. Uh, but there was an interesting thing in this that I wanted to pull out from it. So from what I understand, the gist of this lawsuit, it's found him suing Google uh, for competitive reasons. So they're saying that when Google uh, announced their, or when Google came out with Google Shopping, and Google Shopping results had prominence in the search results, it was very unfair to anybody who used to rank organically for comparison stuff. I believe Foundum looked at, uh, it was like a comparison shopping site. And um, so when Google Shopping came out, it was very damaging to them. And uh, the issue is whether, you know, Google is liable for that. Um, and, uh, you know, I think this is still in the courts right now, so I don't know what the actual answer is. But what I thought was really interesting was... Um, in the uh, Search Engine Land article, it says, um, so Google in turn argues that Foundum was actually demoted because, quote, much of its content was copied from other sites, which, quote, leads to automatic downgrading in the search results. So to me, that sounds like Panda. Uh, and I was looking back at, I was trying to figure out, you know, would this site have been affected by Panda? Uh, and then I found a blog post on foundum.co.uk uh, itself that talks about this lawsuit. And in the blog post, it says, um, since the introduction of Panda in Europe in April 2011, we have struggled to maintain our service to the exacting standards that we set ourselves. Now, why am I mentioning this? I, I don't really care that much about the lawsuit, although it's very interesting. And I think the point, the reason why we put it in newsletter was because the lawsuit is basically demanding that Google shares their ranking algorithm, which I would love to see. I'm sure all of us would love to see that. Um, but what I took out of this was the interesting part about Panda. Uh, maybe I made those conclusions myself, but um, the fact that Google said that they downgraded the website in the search results because much of their content was copied from other sites. That's really important. You know, we've known that. Like if the majority of your website contains information that people can find elsewhere, then you're going to be seen as lower quality by Google. Um, probably algorithms even outside of Panda look at that. Uh, so Google has said repeatedly there's no duplicate content penalty. So like if I have an article that, uh, let's say I wrote an article on my website and you decided to publish it on your website, then, um, you know, that one copied article, what probably is going to happen is that Google will figure out that they should just rank my website. The thing is, though, that if you had hundreds of my articles on your website, then Google's algorithms can probably figure out that, um, you know, you're just stealing my stuff and maybe your website is not high quality. So you need to be very careful that the majority of your content is not made up uh, out of just other people's content. The quality raters guidelines, they actually talk about um, uh, different types of copied content, you know, and it's not enough to just take content and change the words slightly. It's also not enough to have uh, content where you say, 
all right, Barry Schwartz wrote about this in Search Engine Land, and uh, here's what you need to know. And you're basically just saying the same thing that Barry said, um, because why would Google want to show those two different sets of search results uh, to, to or those two different uh, websites in the search results? So um, in terms of duplicate content, it's not like the odd piece of duplication is going to hurt you. Another question that I get is, oh, I have this chunk of text on my page that's on every page on my website. Will I get a duplicate content penalty? Google can figure out that that's boilerplate content. That's not going to hurt you. But what can hurt you is if you're taking content from other websites, you're not adding anything significant in terms of value, and then you're publishing it on your website and trying to rank that content. Uh, so I thought that was really interesting. Um, if you are using the rank math uh, WordPress, WordPress plugin, then uh, there's a security breach in that. So you should take a look at the information in newsletter on that. Uh, it looks like they've, they've fixed it. So probably just updating your plugin to the latest version should fix things. Let's move on to local SEO. Um, we've got some news that uh, Sterling Sky has helped us with in, um, in our newsletter. Uh, not a whole lot of things to add. There doesn't look like there has been major turbulence or a major Google algorithm update. Certainly a lot of search traffic is affected for obvious reasons, but we don't think that Google pushed out a local update uh, during this time. Um, there's stuff in newsletter about how to remove uh, the COVID-19 warning that can be added to your Google My Business listing. Apparently, if you just add special hours to your listing, then Google will take away the warning that says, like, yeah, your business might, this business might be closed. Uh, so that's something that's important to, uh, to know. And we talked last week about the fact that uh, reviews are not posting on Google My Business. So apparently... Uh, the ability to respond to reviews is starting to come back. <laughs> um, it's not something that is widespread everywhere, and there's still a lot of frustration and concern over this. Uh, so if you're struggling with your Google My Business reviews, um, this could be why. There, the, a lot of things have been put on hold for now. I'm not going to do a Q&A today. Uh, I think we've had a lot of information today, and uh, I, I don't want to overload everybody. Um, I want to really thank you for listening to this podcast. We're working really hard at MHC to try to figure out what it is that Google's doing these days and how we can um, take advantage of that, how we can improve the quality of our websites. So for more information, again, you can go to mariehaines.com slash newsletter. If you want to reach out to me on Twitter, Marie underscore Haynes, although um, I really only answer questions on Twitter if they can be answered in a public tweet, uh, just for time constraints. If you want to ask a question for me to answer on podcast, though, uh, you can go to, again, um, mariehaines.com slash newsletter, and you'll get a link on a place where you can submit a question for me. Uh, I really like to answer questions on podcasts just because most of the time when somebody's got a question, other people have that question too. And uh, it helps me. I get to learn stuff by, um, by answering the questions that other people have. So I hope everybody's hanging in there. I hope that business is going okay. Um, it does look like some things are starting to look up. Uh, and I think we're going to be, um, you know, struggling for a while, uh, most businesses. Uh, but we're going to get through this. So thanks again for listening. And I look forward to talking to you next week. I wish you the best of luck with your rankings. Mm -hmm.